You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Good to see you this morning. As you might have noticed that uh, Tommy is out today. Tommy uh, has covid uh, so he is at home and he is uh, recovering, uh, so I get to hang out with the band this morning, uh, which is uh, tons of fun. Uh, and uh, you, last time you were here, you may have seen me in a robe and with a, a choir over here, like, where, what happened to the... Every first Sunday of the month, we have a traditional expression of worship, uh, and then second, third, fourth Sundays, we have a contemporary expression, and then on fifth Sundays, we do something different. October will be our next fifth Sunday. It's right around the corner, October 30th. Uh, the Camerata Choir from Centenary will be here, and they will be performing portions of the Duraflay Requiem. So it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Uh, of course, I want you to come every Sunday to worship, but don't miss October 30th. It's going to be a beautiful time to gather with each other. And if you have any kind of questions about Asbury, like you were wearing a robe and now you're not wearing a robe, and what's the deal? Uh, after every worship service every Sunday, I hang out in the sanctuary for 30 minutes uh, just to be available, to spend some time with you, to field any questions so that you can learn more about our community of faith. I'd love to see you uh, today. So we conclude uh, our stewardship series, our stewardship uh, time of giving. Uh, we've been talking about John Wesley's three simple rules with, with money. Earn all you can, which we really like. We love that rule. Save all you can. We like that rule less. And then today we say, or John Wesley says, to, to give all you can. Earn, save, give. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Uh, it'll be on the screens, uh, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. So let us hear the word of the Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man there named Zacchaeus, uh, he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see Jesus, uh, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome, welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord. He, you know the song, right? Uh, sometimes all we need to learn, we learn from Vacation Bible School. How would you like to be known forever in the annals of history as a wee little man? You know, uh, bless his heart. You know, how would you like to be known forever as a wee... Maybe that's better than being a tax collector? I, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Zacchaeus was a wee little... I mean, because 
Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man, and a very wealthy man was... Like, that fits. Why did that not stick? Zacchaeus was a reconciled man, and a reconciled man... That didn't fit either. Forever, he will be remembered as a wee little man. Now, over time, this story has uh, become a scrubbed and sanitary story of a morality tale of his life was terrible, Jesus met him and he went to his house and then, and then a forever changed life. Jesus is coming to your house today. And I suppose that that is a fine reading of the text, especially, especially on Commitment Sunday, right? Zacchaeus, I, I don't know if you saw it in the text, but he gave half of everything to the work of the Lord, now, if, if you have had a powerful experience with Jesus and you feel that Jesus is in your home and you want to give half of everything you own today, I'm not going to be mad at you. We have, we have pledge cards. I would love you to say, I, I want you to sign your name and put half. And then click auto withdrawal. Like there's three things you need to do. Your name, half, and then uh, I'm interested in auto uh, withdrawal. That would be me. Okay, so, so here we have this story of Zacchaeus this tax collector, Jesus met him and his life was forever changed. Maybe, maybe that's your story. Maybe that's a story that you resonate with. There are other stories, right? There's a story of the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler came and he, he saw Jesus and he said, good teacher, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus immediately stops him and says, good. Why do you call me good? Only God is good. And I hope that knowing that, everyone in the room breathes a sigh of relief, because if there's any human who has ever walked on the planet Earth who could be counted as good, it would be Jesus. And here he is with the young ruler, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Whew, pressure's off, right? And then Jesus tells him, you, you know the commandments? <laughs> you know the commandments? He goes, yeah, Lord, but I, I've been following all those rules and I'm still, I'm still empty. So Jesus said, okay, well, if you're looking for something to do, sell everything. Give to the poor. And then come follow me. Interesting roadmap there. You might think that Jesus would say, first, follow me, sign up to be a member, receive a pledge card in the mail. Uh, and then after you've committed to a couple of small groups and like tested things out and seen if the band was okay, then, then give, give, Give to, the, give to the cause. No, Jesus says, okay, give everything. <laughs> and then give it to the poor. And then you will be ready to follow me. Oh, you thought you had it bad with Zacchaeus, didn't you? You came to church and the preacher said Zacchaeus gave half. But then he had to go and open that story about the guy who gave everything. He gave everything to the pledge, to the pledge drive. It says that the man walked away sorrowful. We're not told why, because the story ends. The man walked away in sorrow. Now, it could be that he walked away in sorrow knowing that he was way too wealthy and he, wanted, he loved his stuff more than Jesus and he would not be able to follow. That's a fine reading, I guess. It could also mean that he walked away sorrowful because he loved money and he was about to give it all away. And that change was something he had to wrestle with. Right? Because change often leads to loss, 
loss often leads to grief. And then grief, by God's grace, leads to thanksgiving. When things change in our life, we tend to feel that loss tangibly. Especially after COVID, where we are, (laughs) there's so much that has changed, and therefore there is loss that we have felt that things will not go fully back to 2019 as we might have hoped. And with that loss, there is grief. That is natural and that is human and that is absolutely appropriate to feel that. But then grief, by God's grace, can become thanksgiving. And that might sound counter, that might sound not right, that might sound great for a bumper sticker, but not in real life. Well, I offer this to you. Uh, Yesterday was a full day in the life of Asbury and the life of of many others. We had two funerals yesterday. Uh, The first uh, was we honored uh, the life of Libby Wallace uh, right here uh, in our sanctuary. And what a remarkable life. She was a teacher. And at least in my book, all teachers are special. (laughs) They're just special people in the way that they prepare. Teachers are the ones who understand that you plant a tree under whose shade you will not sit. Right? And we grieve, and we feel that loss. And yet, I heard story after story after story of thanksgiving of the time that we had for her. So by grace, there was this moment of celebration. And the same was true in the afternoon when we celebrated Jerry Guja's life, uh, who's a a friend of mine from uh, across the river. He's in Shreveport. There are a couple of Shreveport folks here. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jerry and and the Guja family, uh, great friends of mine. Uh, yes, there is grief. But again, story after story after story of thanksgiving for the time that we had with him and the way that he changed our life. Same thing, I have a friend who is struggling with alcoholism and where there is change, there is loss. And with that loss comes grief. But then by grace, there is a thanksgiving. And there is celebration. This young rich ruler, we don't know exactly what happened. But if the story had lasted just a beat longer, I bet we would have gotten to a point of thanksgiving and celebration. And maybe we had to wait for that thanksgiving until Easter Sunday when the story was completed in his life. Maybe that story resonates with you, maybe it doesn't. Maybe a better story uh, to wrap up a stewardship series is the story of the storehouses. You know where I'm going, don't you? There was a man who built uh, storehouses and he filled them to the brim. And when there was no room left, what do you say? Like, what am I supposed to do? I don't have any room for more stuff. He goes, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a bigger, bigger storehouse and I'm going to keep more stuff. And then what happens? The Lord comes and asks his life, asks for his life. He says, you fool, what are you going to do with all of this stuff now? What are you going to do with all of this stuff? That's a question that we should ask ourselves often in the church. So what do we do with all this stuff? Here, when we are planning the life of the church at Asbury, there are five principles that we follow in terms of what do we do with our stewardship? What do we do with our stuff? There are five things that we look at. I'm going to put them on the screen so that you can see them too. Anytime we plan anything, there are five things that we ask ourselves. Number one, is there a missional congruence? Which means if it's not about bringing hope, building faith, and reaching out with love, we don't do it. 
Does it match our mission? Does it, is it congruent with the people of Asbury? Is it an Asbury thing? Number two, community need. Does it meet a need in the community? You know, I don't mind bowling, uh, but we have bowling alleys, right? We don't, need to, we don't need to build an Asbury bowling alley, right? Is there a community need? Now, now a cafe, we've been, I'll just throw this out there in case someone is like, I have like a million dollars I don't know what to do with. Well, boy, do I have an idea for you. So we're, we're, we're looking at, you know, you know we have this, um, and I not, no, so let me say this. Uh, here's my disclaimer for everyone online. Um, Ashley, who is our head of trustees right now, she's not heard any of this. So this is just, this is, I say, Ashley's like sweating right now. Like, what are you about to say? Like, nothing really. It's just like, we have this, we have this one acre of land like right over here, right? In terms of community, would you keep the, 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 the five, um, Great philosophical points uh, that you should, thank you. Uh, in terms of community need, what is it that the community needs that might be right here? Maybe, maybe this plot of land is something we develop for children so they have access to computers and young people can learn how to code and they can go and learn. Or maybe, maybe this is where we teach like music lessons to children. Maybe we develop and build on this land uh, uh, so, that, so that children have a place to go. Another idea, we call it Resurrection Cafe. What would it look like uh, if folks who are leaving uh, the prison system trying to start a new life, what if we had a restaurant where they learned a trade and could get on their own two feet and the church helped change their life? What would all that look like? Missional congruence, is it an Asbury thing? But also community need. What is it that Bossier City needs and asks of us? In other words, another way to say that is if Asbury disappeared today, what would people miss? Right? What would they miss? Or I would say, what isn't here yet? What isn't here yet? yet. Number three is investment. And that's not a dollars and cents thing necessarily. It's how many volunteers do we need? How, how many hours are we going to have to invest in this? What, does this? what is this going to take in order to accomplish? Right? You, you can't do Christmas in North Bossier in a day. Right? What is our investment in this? Evangelistic priority. How are we going to share the good news with this? Are we going to stream it live? Are we going to put it on Facebook? Are we going to do like TikTok dances? Like what are we going to do? How do we how do we reach people where they are? By the way, we're working on one, right? Um, what's the, um, what's, um, well, I'll ask you later. What's it called? Yeah, the world's smallest violin. Have you heard that song? I blow up in this symphony. Anyway, it's fine. Just be, those of you on TikTok, just be, just be ready for that later. Um, I see there's a lot of non-TikTokers here, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, that's okay. And then finally, finally, guest experience. Everything that we do, is it simple? Is it understood? Is it something that someone can pick up and do um, so that we're not using insider language and we're not making it difficult for people to, to get involved? Missional congruence, community need, investment, evangelistic priority, guest, guest experience. These are the things that have given rise to our commitment to, for example, Bozier Elementary and Plantation Park of helping the parents and the students and the teachers accomplish their goals. To continue to invest in Katie Build, homes for disabled veterans, right? In the Katie Build tournament. And, and, and volunteering at the Lovewell Center, which we do down at the hub uh, in downtown Shreveport. So that people know that they are loved. We continue to invest in disaster relief. That is an Asbury thing. And we're really good at that. Community need every summer, every summer, friends, there's going to be a storm somewhere and an investment in disaster relief will never, unfortunately, be wasted. That kind of investment is never wasted. 
uh, our food pantry. You saw, maybe you saw the red bags as you were coming into the sanctuary right here. Uh, those red bags go to benefit our food pantry, to feed those who are hungry right in our own neighborhood. These are the things that we are about. What do you do with all of your stuff? These things, this is what we do. This is how we are involved in the community. These are the things that people will miss if Asbury disappeared today. So there's a lot of talk. Oh, get the internet ready. Here we go. Uh, you may have heard that the United Methodist Church is going through a little something right now. Separate. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, what you doing, preacher? Get, I see Twitter's ready. Like, when is ready with Twitter? He's got it. Here we go. Right? You may have heard that there's a separation coming up in the United Methodist Church. And I've, I've heard a lot of talk about uh, strategies uh, and petitions and legislation to relax the trust clause so that congregations who are leaving can keep more stuff, right? That's fine. It's your stuff. You built that. Good people in your congregation built where where you are. But what I'm missing, what I'm not hearing, is plans and strategies and petitions and legislation of what we are going to do with the stuff that we so desperately want to keep. How are we investing this stuff that we want to keep into the community, into people's lives, into those who need to know that God loves them the most? Because I'll say it, because if we're building a place with just a bunch of stuff, we are building a house for we little men. We must always have a trajectory for the lost. Back to Zacchaeus. And the story isn't so much about Zacchaeus as it is about the scandal of Jesus. It's not that like Zacchaeus like worked for the IRS or was like an accountant, right? He was a tax collector. Sometimes it is the stories we have are scrubbed and sanitized for, for us on a Sunday morning. Zacchaeus was despicable. For example, I don't know if you heard the story that was in the news. Uh, the Justice Department charged 47 people recently, of the largest COVID fraud case thus far? Have you heard about this? Millions and millions of dollars was collected under the banner of feeding children. And those dollars were used to buy, I don't know how they came up with this list, cars, guns, and real estate in Turkey. That is despicable, it is disgusting, it's disheartening, and it is Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't go just go to a tax collector's house. He went to their house. He went to one of these 47 who said, yeah, we're feeding kids and then using money for other things. Can you imagine the scandal? Jesus says, I'm going to your house. When all of these nice folk who have been given and doing disciple Bible study and showing up to unload pumpkins... They're like, shouldn't you go to my house? Like, I've been doing some good stuff for the church. Jesus said, no, I'm going to go to his house. And what does it say? What does it say uh, um, uh, in the text? All who saw it, not some. It says, all who saw it began to grumble. And they said, he is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Now, friends, can I say that I think we have the censored version of that response from Jesus? Because if it was now, and that was like if it was on Facebook, say Jesus went to the house of one of these 47 schmucks, 
Like, I know the comment section of Facebook would not, he is going to the house of a sinner, right? I, I probably can't repeat what those comments might say. On Facebook, the people were angry and they were mad. And we've, we've kind of scrubbed and sanitized the story. He's going to the house of a, no, he's going to the house of someone who is despicable and terrible. And Jesus says, I'm doing lunch with you today. He has gone to the house of a sinner. Yeah, if that was on Facebook today, I don't, I don't think those comments would be as polite. And it's a fascinating thing that uh, most of the folks on Facebook also go to a church somewhere. We've had 2,000 years of Jesus and we still treat each other like that. Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. Now, if you want to be, uh, and people are mad about it, so if you want to be Orthodox Wesley about it, this is what Wesley did. In April 2nd, 1739, John Wesley went out into the streets to preach, which you weren't supposed to do. In the Anglican Church, you were supposed to be in the sanctuary. That is where the crown allowed you to preach. But he went outside on the street where people were. And this is what he said. At four in the afternoon, I submitted to be more vile and proclaim in the highways the glad tidings of salvation. Friends, it is part of our Wesleyan heritage to take it upon ourselves to become more vile for the good of our neighbor. We are called to go to Zacchaeus' house. Do we want to? Probably not. Are we called to? Absolutely. Are we willing to make ourselves more vile as John Wesley said, to proclaim in the highways the glad tidings of salvation. And then Zacchaeus says this. (laughs) Zacchaeus says, Lord, look, I'm going to give half of my possessions, and if I have wronged anyone, I'll pay it back fourfold. Did you catch that one little tiny word tucked away in the middle of that? (laughs) Zacchaeus said, if. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have, you mean you don't know, Zacchaeus? It's like if, if you're a um, parent of a teenager and you say, like, hey, have you done your homework? And they say, oh, I think so. Or, or, or a toddler, hey, did you use the bathroom? I think so. Mm-mm. <laughs> if I have wronged anyone, I will pay it back fourfold. That's a big word. <laughs> if. And you might imagine Jesus at this point to say, Zacchaeus. But he doesn't. What does Jesus say? He says, salvation has come to this house today. And all he got was an if. Because <laughs> sometimes that's about as good as you're going to get with some folk. If. And it's because salvation is a process. Salvation is a process. God is always working on us. God is always, as Paul says, what does Paul say about it? This is 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Friends, we are all a work in progress. Now, we might not all be Zacchaeus's, but we are all in need of grace. And thank God Jesus continues to show up at our house over and over again. For those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
It is the power of God that can transform an if. Maybe that's all you can muster today is an if. It is okay. I will pledge this amount if life doesn't throw me a curveball. <laughs> I will pledge this amount if my deductible works out for health care. It's called real life, friends. Right? Sometimes all we can give is an if. And God can take that. And God can use that. God can transform that. It is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. It is the power of God to reveal the truth about God's love for all of God's children. It is the power of God revealed that by grace through faith we are saved. It is the power of God to say here in this place we will be about a Savior who goes to the places of the world that we are unsure we want to go. It is the power of God for us to trust and to pray and to worship It's the power of God for us to to earn all we can for the glory of God, to save all we can for the glory of God, and to give all we can away for the glory of God. Maybe Zacchaeus' story feels like your story. Maybe your story feels like the rich young ruler. Maybe maybe your story uh, is is the guy who built the the storehouses. And maybe your story is uh, there was a widow who put uh, two mites two coins, two pennies in the temple treasury. Maybe, maybe that's your story. Big gifts help little gifts be what they need to be. Right? It's kind of like UMCOR Sunday. We collect an offering for all of the administrative tools. For UMCOR is the, uni- speaking of guest experience, United Methodist Committee on Relief, the disaster relief wing of the United Methodist Church. We collect money for all the administrative uh, costs for that so that when you give to UMCOR, when you give these Oh, come on. There we go. When you give, but I do like it. This is folding money up in this one. Thank you. When we give our quarters to disaster relief, 100% of that goes to people in need. Big gifts allow small gifts to do what they need to do. But that story also challenges us, especially if we want to keep all of our stuff. That story challenges us to ask the question now, why on earth is there a system that is asking a widow to give the last two pennies that she owns? Ah, shame on that system. She shouldn't have to do that. The cross sounds like foolishness to some. But for those of us who are being saved, those of us who are a work in progress, those of us who say, if I have wronged anyone, for those of us who are being saved, It is the power of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. As the band uh, comes forward uh, for a song, it's it's a song called Revivals in the Air. It's an exciting song. And during this song, as we're playing this, you're invited, uh, if if you brought your pledge card, fantastic. If you didn't bring a pledge card, that's fine. We have extras, and you can sign one and, and, and fill it out. If you're doing it online, totally fine. That's great. If you're saying, if, I'm not sure, that's fine too. If you have a pledge card, or if you want to come and pray, and if you want to uh, meditate on the future of the church, all of that, during the singing of the song, I invite you to come forward. We have baskets here. You can place your, your pledge card in those baskets. If you want to, you can place your offering in those baskets as well, your registration cards in those baskets as well. This is a time where we pray for revival 
pray for commitment. Pray for God to use us in the world, even if that means that we have to be more vile in order to do it. This is the time to move. So while we sing this song, you're invited to uh, place uh, your card in the basket. If you have one, if not, that's fine. I know where you live. I'm kidding. It's fine. (laughs) Or maybe you feel the need to kneel and pray. This is a time that we invite the Holy Spirit to move among us.